Hello, everybody, and welcome to the November 18th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I'm your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, our first story tonight comes from Georgia, where you guys may remember just after the 2020 election, and I know I say just after like it was longer than two weeks ago. Um, in fact, it was. It was two weeks and one day ago. Believe it or not. I know. I know. I couldn't believe it either. There was all this talk about people finding ballots for Joe Biden. And to be clear, there were ballots found for Joe Biden in ballot boxes. So if that's what Republicans were worried about, um, they would be accurate. But no, there were states like Georgia where Republicans were, I think it was Georgia, it might have been Arizona, where Republicans were actively screaming to stop the count and so on and so on. Uh, there's even a voter fraud hotline, or there was a voter fraud hotline, I don't know if it's still up, that you could call to report voter fraud they had to shut down because people kept prank calling it. Well, I think we should talk about, because th they have found a bunch of votes. This guy, Justin Gray, a local journalist in Georgia, uh, tweeted out recently, New, a memory card was found during an audit in Fayette County with 2,755 votes Decreased Biden's statewide lead by 449. New margin total statewide in GA is 12,929 lead for Biden. Um, so, so let me get this straight. Let me just get this straight. There was just a memory card somewhere, and on it was enough votes for Donald Trump for it to actually tip the lead in favor of him slightly. Now, Biden is still leading. To be clear, Biden is still leading. However, however, at the very least, it is making it so Trump is chipping away at the lead. And that was just found a memory card in a county in Georgia somewhere. And that's perfectly normal. Mind you, we just saw Lindsey Graham contact the Georgia Secretary of State and ask him for any way possible any way possible, to disqualify mail-in votes. Well, you know what? I think that Democrats should try and find some way to disqualify votes found on a fucking memory card. Why were there a random stack of votes just on a memory card? If I dig up my old GameCube memory card and give it to the Secretary of State of Ohio, Will it actually have enough votes for Joe Biden to tip the lead in his favor? Probably not. And you know what? Even if they did, nobody under the sun would accept that. But apparently there's just a small little SD card somewhere that contains a large amount of votes for Donald Trump, which is perfectly normal. And if you question it, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist, obviously. And, you know, Republicans like to say it's really odd that these accidents only occur in one direction. And first off, that's wrong. Just after this, another memory card was found in Douglas County, Georgia, uh, which had a 28-vote net gain for Joe Biden. Uh, but still, still, let's not let reality get in the way of this. Um, Republicans like to say that it's funny these errors only occur in one direction. And you know what? You know what? I completely agree. I completely agree. It's very disturbing 
that after a Democrat wins an election, like a week later, we occasionally just find a memory card or a flash drive uh, somewhere that actually has a bunch of votes for the Republican candidate. I find that very suspicious myself, truth be told. Um, now look, look, I'm not saying there was an intentional, an intentional conspiracy on the parts of Lafayette County, after all, they were mostly a solid red county, to suppress votes. Nor am I saying the opposite, that these votes are just made up. But I'm saying that if these votes were to tip the margin for Biden, we'd never hear the end of it. We wouldn't. That's what happened in 2018 in an Orange County House race. More votes came in, and they tipped the lead for a Democrat, and all of a sudden that meant, oh my god, that's evidence of fraud. No, no, not, not necessarily, not really. And we saw this all throughout the build-up to 2020. You may remember the talk of a red mirage, um, which would essentially be a situation where it looks like Donald Trump wins. Then we take a few days, count the absentee ballots, count the mail-in ballots, as we normally do. And we find out that actually, no, um, it turns out Joe Biden won. Now, that didn't happen. That did not happen at all. But what we're seeing now is actually the beginning of evidence of a possible blue mirage. You know, we were not expecting Georgia to go blue originally, but now it has by not an outstanding amount. It was still a very close election. It was still by no means a landslide, but by a decent amount. And now, all of a sudden, they're trying to find as many spare votes as possible that could theoretically be for Donald Trump. Well, you know what? If a hypothetical red mirage is evidence of voter fraud, what is this? What is this? Exactly. Just finding through an audit on an SD card that actually there were uncounted votes for Donald Trump. As happens sometimes, as just happens sometimes, in an already close state. Now, mind you, I'm intentionally being very facetious in this segment. I don't believe there was anything nefarious. I've seen processes like this before. This actually typically happens in elections. It's just typically elections aren't so close where it actually matters. Uh, Al Franken actually talked about the process in his 2008, or not in his 2008 book, in his 2017 book, Giant of the Senate, specifically how this process led him to win in 08, um, in spite of, by a very small margin, and how many people were calling fraud as a result, when, again, there was simply no evidence of it. By the way, that in general is actually a pretty decent a memoir. I would recommend picking it up if you can find a copy. Uh, however, we all know, as happened, by the way, to Al Franken in 2008, when, again, all the votes were counted, and it turned out that, no, he won, not his opponent, um, by a very small margin, we all know what would happen if this was the other way around. We would never hear the end of it. It would be voter fraud. This is evidence of voter fraud. And mind you, elections like 2000, where we didn't know the result until a month later, after the Supreme Court demanded that they stopped counting, or 04, where we didn't know the results till about the next day, didn't actually, those weren't voter fraud. No, those weren't voter fraud. Uh, voter fraud is when a Democrat wins. I mean, that's what it comes down to. 
And that's what it comes down to. Uh, so if we end up having Georgia tip for Trump because of SD cards, yeah, I'd consider that suspicious. And I recommend keeping an eye on these stories for at least the foreseeable future. Uh, however, I just want to say that we all know this was the other side. One America would be screaming fraud, the president would, Fox would, everyone would. And yeah, it would look suspicious. It really would look suspicious to just find on an SD card a bunch of votes for the other guy. As happens sometimes. As happens sometimes. Uh, the point is, it's very suspicious, and if this continues, it would be more evidence of voter fraud than the Republican Party has presented all election. Anyway, next up, Senator Chuck Grassley, the president pro temporar of the United States Senate and the second oldest person in the Senate at age 87 uh, has caught COVID-19. He is in the, like, really high-risk category, might I add. I uh, just, just want to make that known. Now, I mention this because... First off, I thought COVID was going to disappear after the election. Well, the election was over two weeks ago now. still hasn't disappeared. But also, I want you all to take a minute and imagine what would happen if, say, during the Obama administration, if Barack Obama, uh, Joe Biden, Harry Reid, Ted Kennedy, Nancy Pelosi, all the big ones... And you know what, we'll even throw in some of the smaller ones, like Dennis Kucinich and Joe Leverman and, well, John Kerry wasn't really a small name. But you guys know what I mean. If they had all caught uh, swine flu, we would never hear the end of it. We wouldn't. Meanwhile, how many Democrats in Congress have caught it? The only one I can think of is Rahul Garafe uh, from Arizona, who also caught it from Louis Gohmer. Meanwhile, on the Republican side, the President of the United States has caught it. What's been the worst one in the Biden campaign? One Kamala Harris staffer. And yet, we're really supposed to sit here and believe this is the party that knows how to guide the country through COVID when they can't even stop themselves from getting COVID. You just, you just can't make this up. You really just cannot make this up. And we occasionally saw, I remember back during the BLM protests, there were all these photos of people who were really close together, all of which, by the way, were wearing masks, side note, and doing other things specifically designed to stop spread of COVID. Um, besides, I guess, social distancing, although, again, they still have the masks on, so it very much made up for that. And people are like, oh, so they can conjugate large groups, but I can't. Well, tell me, how, I remember Matt Walsh made that argument a lot. Well, tell me, how many people in BLM have caught COVID? I'm sure a few have. Sure a few have. Would it really, would it even outnumber the amount of congressional Republicans, or of big name Republicans, who have caught it? Not, not who have died from it, even. Just to have caught it. I like how I say that, like, hatching is a smaller number than dying. No, just, just to have caught it, because that's really the most important measurement here. Um, again, Grassley is 87 years old in the high-risk category, and now he's come down with COVID-19. 
which just let me tell you, let me tell you, is exactly what you would expect. I mean, just just look at this list. Just look at the list. Here is every Republican who has caught COVID in the Senate. Or no, you know what? Here's every member of the Senate who has caught COVID. Okay? Uh, there's Chuck Grassley, Republican of Iowa. Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin. Mike Lee, Republican of Utah. Tom Tills, Republican of North Carolina. Bill Cassidy, Republican of Louisiana. And Rand, and Rand Paul, Republican of Kentucky. Not a single Senate Democrat has got COVID-19. And we just showed yesterday, by the way, of Sherrod Brown scolding Dan Young for not wearing a mask while a presiding officer, while a staffer was literally right beside him, might I add. Um, well, who are we? And he said something along the lines of, I don't need your advice. Apparently you do. Apparently you guys need not just Sherrod Brown's advice, although Sherrod Brown's advice is always important, um, but every set of Democrats' advice, because they haven't caught it yet. Or how about we just limit this to senators who have self-quarantined as well? We'll also count those. Now, I'll start reading the list. These are senators who have not got COVID, or at least have not tested positive of COVID, but still did self-quarantine for at least a little bit. And I'm just going to read them off to see if you guys notice a pattern. Senator Rick Scott, Republican of Florida. Senator Todd Young, Republican of Indiana. Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas. Senator James Lakeford, Republican of Oklahoma. Senator Ben Sass, you know, the guy with the definition of a shit-eating grin, Republican of Nebraska. Uh, Senator Shelby Capillo, Republican of West Virginia. Senator Lammer Alexander, Republican of Tennessee. Senator John Thun, Republican of South Dakota. Senator Mike Lee, Republican of Utah. Senator Mitt Romney, Republican of Utah. Senator Cory Gardner, Republican of Colorado. Rick Scott again. And Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina. And Ted Cruz again. Apparently, Mike Lee, uh, Rick Scott, and Ted Cruz have all self-quarantined twice. I did not know that. I really did not. Now, in the House, things are more even. And for those who don't know, I'm reading this from an NPR article, by the way, in case you guys are curious. I literally just called how the coronavirus has affected individual members of Congress. They have a full list. Go look at that list for yourself. The vast majority of COVID cases in the House, now not the entire thing, but most COVID cases in the House are Republicans. Meanwhile, in the Senate, not a single Democrat has even had to self-quarantine. And this is the party that expects us to let them lead the country through COVID-19 when they themselves cannot even stop themselves from getting it. And I just, Grassley was the one I was the most floored by because that is the second oldest man in the Senate. He's 87 years old. Okay? Democrats specifically want to protect him. They, he's the guy they have in mind. Okay? He's an old guy. He still catches it anyway. Maybe he just caught it despite them. Maybe he just caught despite them, you know? Maybe Grassley's been in there since 1981. He just wanted to spite them one last time. Who knows? Who knows? But the point is, no, you should not trust these people. 
You really shouldn't. You should say, whenever a Republican has any advice on COVID, you should immediately assume the opposite is the case. You really should at this point. That would be a much better strategy than anything else under the sun. Anything else under the sun. Because again, they're the ones catching it, and yet they expect us to trust them with our safety. Are you also going to shoot yourself before talking about the importance of gun safety? Oh, oh, wait. You've actually tried that in the past. Anyway, last topic for tonight. I was on Town Hall today because those are the two big addictions of mine, for those who don't know, are I check the Newsweek opinion column every single day, and I go to townhall.com and read their columns. I'm just addicted to them. What can I say? I mean, they're so awful. It actually gives me a shot of dope. It's how I wake up in the morning. It's how I wake up in the morning. Like, I actually wake up, and some people drink coffee. I wake up, and I read a town hall column, and I debunk it. That's how I wake up. I've been doing that for years. and It's worked every day. It's worked every day since, like, 2018 or so. Um... But anyway, I found this article from Terry Jeffrey, and I must say, Terry Jeffrey, you need an actual last name. Um, if you don't know who that is, he currently directs CNS. He was an advisor to Pat Buchanan in his 92 and 96 campaign, so you know I'm going to absolutely love him. And the article is called... Five evil things Biden plans to do as president. Oh, man. Oh, man. Are the policies Joe Biden plans to pursue as president good or evil? Well, considering this article is called Five Evil Things Joe Biden Plans to Do as President, I can assume you believe they're evil. As the nation's second Catholic president, oh, they admitted it, they admitted it, Will he act in a way that is consistent with the teachings of his faith? No, because Biden firmly believes that his role is not to be a preacher of sorts or to create a palpable state. Okay? And by the way, by the way, how these people want Biden to act, go and compare it to, like, the anti-Catholic conspiracy theories, and to be clear, a lot of them were conspiracy theories based on nonsense, from when Kennedy was running, back in 1960, or even before then, from when Al Smith was running in 1928. You know, we've gone from, <laughs> it's ridiculous that these people believe that Catholics, if they're in our government, are going to give the state over to the Pope, you, oh my god, you're not a true Catholic if the first thing you do is declare the U.S. a palpable state. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. That's never been how it works, and that never will be how it works. Where's that slippery slope? Can we talk about that one? Will he follow the natural law and protect the God-given rights to life and liberty? At least five things candidate Biden promised to do as president can be fairly described as evil. The first is to enact federal law to codify a right to kill unborn children. Um, oh. Oh, you're just starting there. Well, I'll give you credit for starting with the most obvious one. 
Um, yeah, th this falls back into what I was just saying. Biden is a firm believer that his role as president is not to essentially declare the Pope an emperor. Okay, I know that's what you really want. I'm sorry, that's a conspiracy theory, despite the fact you're literally saying it. I know that's what I'm not allowed to say that you want, that you clearly want. But that's just how it works right now. I will be skipping this point, and for that matter, I will be skipping the point on the Hyde Amendment because I actually agree with him on that. Mind you, I wouldn't say it in such hyperbolic language, but I genuinely do believe in the Hyde Amendment. I'm not even really a big fan of abortion in general, truth be told. But that's a different topic for a different day. Third evil item on Biden's agenda calls for forcing family-owned businesses to provide health insurance that covers abortion-inducing drugs. Um, well, there's a, a massive problem with that in that abortion-inducing drugs don't actually exist. Okay, now if we're defining abortion as the removal of a fetus... Those, frankly, do not exist. There are, mind you, various ways to stop conception from occurring, but none to my knowledge actually... Well, no, there is one to my knowledge that does actually do that. Um, however, that is literally usually referred to as the abortion pill. So it's not exactly like that's a secret. But no, the vast majority of birth control just stops conception. It doesn't end a fetus, if that makes sense. But, okay, um, let's ignore that. Biden's campaign website says that he will restore the Affordable Care Act's contraceptive mandate. Y yeah, contraceptive. You know what contraception means as a term in general? It means to stop something from happening. As in, contraception stops pregnancy from happening. You can't have an abortion unless you're pregnant, idiot. A mandate in place before the U.S. Supreme Court Hobby Lobby decision. Sounds like he's trying to fight judicial supremacy that you all keep complaining about. The question in Hobby Lobby was whether the federal government could issue a regulation under the Affordable Care Act that requires family-owned businesses. Yes, yes, like... Massive Hobby Lobby, just a small family business. Give me a break. If, if you want to talk about, like, the Little Sisters of the Poor or something, okay, we can have that discussion. In fact, I'd side with you in that discussion. I really would. I really would. Now, mind you, I have various other solutions to make contraception more available, most notably ending the laws in various states that ban contraception as well as other forms of medication and products in general from being too cheap. But that's a different topic entirely. But are you really expecting me to believe Hobby Lobby, this massive conglomerate megacorporation, has deeply held religious values? No, they don't. No, they don't. Their shareholders probably don't, to say the least. Half of them probably high on cocaine during every single meeting. But, okay, okay, that's a different topic entirely. No, it isn't, actually. It's the main topic at hand. Um, so, no, this is just a lie when you call Hobby Lobby a family-owned business, because, 
objectively it is not, it is a stockholder held or is a stockholder owned corporation. Okay, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, to provide insurance plans that cover all Food and Drug Administration approved contraceptives, some of which act as abortifacients. Abortif what? That a word? That's a stupid word if it is. The U.S. Conference of, Cap of Catholic Bishops failed an amulet's belief in Hobby Lobby objecting to the regulation. Again, this man is just mad that Joe Biden does not literally want to turn the U.S. into a palpable state. But again, if you believe Catholics want to do that, you're an insane conspiracy theorist. Okay, you got anything interesting? The fourth evil act Biden has planned is to force public schools to treat biological males and female, or biological males as females and biological females as males. Oh, no. Rather than accept God-given sexual identity of human beings, Biden plans to advance something he calls gender identity. Uh, it's not something that he calls gender identity. That's just what it's called. Okay? That's not a new term he coined. It's been in public lexicon, I think, since John Money, if not slightly later. It's at least been in public lexicon, relatively known for the past decade or so. But, eh. Okay, and I know you're wondering what the last evil is going to be. Well, don't you worry. Don't you worry. They have it. The fifth evil item on Biden's agenda is what he would force insurance companies and healthcare providers to do to such a boy. This is in reference to a male-to-female transgender individual. And by the way, I just realized, these are really only two points. One is that Biden supports abortion. He could have had a second one with contraception, but you insisted on lumping in all forms of contraception with abortion. And the second one is that he supports transgender people. Is that really the only thing you think about is abortion and transgender people? That's pretty weird, truth be told. May I recommend getting a hobby of some kind? You know, may maybe maybe take up solitaire. I hear it's fun. Or, or you know what? Take up poker. I'll even play you. I will even play you if it means you get more interest. Except when performed for strictly therapeutic medical reasons, directly intended amputations, mutilations, and sterilizations performed on innocent people are against moral law, says the Catholic um, Cashism. I've probably been pronouncing it wrong, that's why I've been barely pronouncing it. And again, the complaining that Biden isn't trying to turn the U.S. into a palpable state, but if you believe Catholics want to turn the U.S. into a palpable state, you're a deranged conspiracy theorist. As president, says his website, Biden will also ensure coverage for comprehensive care, including covering care related to transitioning, such as gender confirmation surgery. Um, okay, okay. I am going to protect and build on Obamacare and make sure insurance companies treat gender confirmation surgery as a medical necessity, which it is that that's, by the way, at least for psychological health, objectively true. Biden said in a May 6 interview with the Human Rights Campaign, What is gender confirmation surgery? Sex reassignment surgery. 
The American Society of Plastic Surgeons explains it on his website, describing other examples what it calls trans-feminine bottom surgery. Yeah, that just means sex reassignment surgery. I'll give you that he's saying it in weasel words, but that's not really evil. Have you actually presented a rational argument this entire time? And I, like, at all, in any way, anything? Uh, the goal of trans-feminine bottom surgery says the society is to transform the male genitalia and reconstruct it into that of female. And then the column just ends abruptly. Couldn't even be bothered to finish his columns. I should note that when I felt I did a quarter of this bad of a job, I left Freedom first. Because I didn't want to keep promising articles I couldn't deliver. This guy's been writing for years. And that's sad. Anyway, that's our show, and good night.